Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, another Fruit of the Spirit episode coming at you. Fruit of the Spirit. What fruit should we make this one on Insta? I don't want to say because I'm just randomly making them and I don't want to hold myself to that one. What is patience like? We're talking about patience today, guys. Like, Like what is any fruit like? You know what? Honestly, I think patience is like a freaking kiwi or something that's really annoying to peel and get ready to eat. Mm. Like, you got to have a lot of patience with a kiwi. Or something that takes a really long time to grow, but I'm not... I'm not knowledgeable enough about my fruit growth to be able to answer that. Well, I was going to say, I recently learned that, did you know, for when you're eating an avocado, that thing had to be planted like 40 years ago or something insane like that? Because don't you? Too bad that's not a fruit. We could use the avocado. Is Is an avocado a fruit? No, it's a, is it considered a seed? Look it up. Fact check us. I also love, obviously, we don't like plan how we're going to just chit chat and start these episodes and we get off on the most random things. I know a tomato is a fruit. That's like a knowledgeable thing that Correct. I just refuse like, to be know. like. <gasps> yes, technically they're a fruit, not a veggie. Oh. Well, I didn't think it was a veggie. You thought it was a veggie? I thought it was a vegetable. What else would it be if it wasn't a fruit? I or thought it, it was considered like some kind like of Like a legume seed. or something? Yeah, yeah, or something weird. No, avocados are one of the few fruits. Yes, technically they're a fruit, not a veggie, that contains healthy unzip. Well, that's dumb. It's going into well, like. Okay, I wanted to say <gasps> wow. this about avocados. So that takes a lot of patience. Don't you feel like avocados really just got popular like when we were in college? Like Oh yeah. You could yeah, I've had guacamole, but like no one owned like no one had avocados at their house. No. Really? How, honestly, like you know, like everyone's always like looking at trends and stuff. But, like, how did the avocado honestly? It resurged. Make Somebody it? but it must have been that like 40 years prior, someone like really invested in the avocado. I am actually plants. dying because like literally now we go to like bougie restaurants. Remember when we were in California, we paid like $18 for avocado toast. Yeah. And see, that's <laughs> funny. Like, no one made crap like that. Like, okay, people weren't making their own. I am actually, you know, like, really dying in this conversation right now. Have you not right thought about a- this? No. My, my mom the other day, you know, she has a thick southern accent. Not the other day, but before she has gone on rants about how she's, she's like, she doesn't really like avocados. And she's like, I don't understand how those got popular again like <laughs> it's like okay avocados are having a moment honestly moments well they've been having like, like a 10 year moment yeah along with pistachios from our fall episode I if you guys can say it. that word again that's hilarious okay. i've literally not that never thought about it anyways oh no but what's funny about that is like it is truly a personality trait that people think that they have like the best ever homemade guacamole recipe like, but have i shared with you my guac? i think i at least know like three people intimately that think they have the best recipe and like people think it's so cool that they just like squirt the lime juice like do the garlic and like chop it they're like look see just made some fresh guacamole <laughs> yes. it's like it's really not that cool no, but like, to be honest, I'm like the queen of I never make my own guacamole because I feel like every time I think about making guacamole, I go to the store. The avocados are not in the right ripeness well, that I need really them for my events. Of avo- yes, so of I just buy the like tubs, tubs yeah. and then I doctor it up with a few things. Well, you know like, what I queen. use, right? Those things I use? No. The holy so, guacamole? The holy guacamole? No, 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 no. I mean, I do buy those for like dipping carrots or pretzels, but if I'm making guacamole, I do... It's this See, brand. She now thinks she has the best. No, I, it's not. Ho- it's all, not people. homemade. It's not homemade. It's this little you packet. It's it. like a. It's like a liquid, and you just oh. mash up the avocados and then pour that in, and it's like it seasons it for you. 
Oh, so it's like lime juice, olive oil, and I don't know what all it is, but well, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, they're actually hard to find. You can only get them at the like Rockbridge Hy-Vee here. Ooh, okay, yeah. okay, that okay. really went well, on a turn. Patience. But we're talking about patience. Uh, you had to have some patience with us for making it through that. But I am excited. I feel like we're like I'm excited for this winter. This one's the most challenging on every single one. But this one is just. I think that out of all of them, this has the most like cultural impact at the moment too. Yeah, I mean, we have said this a lot, but we've been growing a ton through the series and we've really loved doing all of this like research and just like recording and talking about these things. And patience is one of those that I'm like, ugh, almost felt daunting, but I'm excited because even in like spending time kind of just like meditating on what God's word has to say about patience, I feel like I've grown in ways, but it's also just like uber convicting. All these are convicting for me, but this one especially because I'm sure as you're listening, even as you're like, ugh, patience, we all know situations and people where we could grow in patience. Yeah. And I think it's it's going to be an interesting topic because it applies in two different ways. So in my mind, it applies as this kind of state of your heart of just like this waiting well and this, you know, in times in our life and seasons where we have felt like we've needed to be really patient in the big things. But then it also trickles down into these really small everyday moments of like waiting in line somewhere. Christian, was funny today because she got a Starbucks for an earlier interview and she had to wait so, so long. And so that's like practically exerting patience. Or I think about the way we have to be patient with our kids and how that's really hard. So it's really interesting how it almost could be two different conversations. But to start us off in just this like mindset that sometimes I don't even think we realize how rushed of a culture we are and how unwilling to wait for things we are. I came across this poem a few weeks ago. I shared it on my stories and I got a lot of messages about how moving it was to people. So I was going to read it really quick. And the photo that stopped me was just this really pretty picture of this red leaf up against a bunch of really green trees. The first red leaf of the season. Okay, so it says, oh, and this is by someone named Gretchen Sapples. Blessed are the unrushed, for they have the audacity to press pause in the midst of chaos to pick up a crestfallen autumn leaf, twirling it around to admire how it dies beautifully. When driving, they fully stop at a stop sign without the need to roll on through just to make it two seconds faster to the next destination. They taste their coffee with its splash or two of creamer, enjoying it rather than inhaling it solely for an energy boost. They write slowly with carefully thought out words, crafting sentences without reserve. They unrush, notice the steam that rises from boiled pasta after the water is dumped through a colander, swirling snake-like upward before vanishing. They enjoy conversation, asking meaningful questions and answering thoughtfully. They ditch their phone for an hour or three to get lost in a good book, the one they've been wanting to read for a long time. The unrushed listen, learn, and linger. They take their cues from Jesus, who walked from town to town, laughed with little children, and made breakfast by the lake with his friends. More often than not, I am the rush soul, bouncing from place to place like a ping pong ball. And I can't help but wonder, how many soul-shaping moments, God-given graces, and life-giving lessons am I missing out on? So with this, I pray and plead before the Lord, unrush my schedule, my speech, my soul, so I can rest in Christ alone. Amen. Isn't that good? It's so good because actually, you know, so Samantha and I obviously talk about these episodes and we kind of go through like, what direction are we going? And I told her, I said, it's so fun for me to be 
just like meditating on this patience right now, because actually I think patience is the fruit that all of the others, like it almost is like the thing that's like boosting all the others. Because if we really do live a life so unrushed, like that's talking about, then like how much more can we have peace? How much more can we love people? How much more can we have self-control? Like all of the fruits, obviously we'll dig more into the, all of those, but I just am like, oh, I kind of feel like you know, love was obviously kind of like the foundation of all of that. But then like patience is one of those huge ones that if we really were so good at being patient, Mm -hmm. then like we would be so good at all of these. Okay. Before we get into the goodness of patience, I want to go back. I got really stuck on while we were researching this episode, this kind of cultural relevance of patience, which I hadn't really thought about it this way. I think it's a newer thing, but I found so many studies on how the worldly view wants to like rid itself of the idea of being patient. And I found this blogger. She's actually like a I'm not going to say who it was, but it was she's like a self-help, like life coach type person. And this is truly two things I pulled from her little excerpt of a blog. Okay. Patience is so overrated. It's time to start owning who you are. And then she said later on, you wait for nothing. You watch for what is soon to be yours. And I just read that and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize how much that like kind of anti-patience mindset is really shaping a lot of our culture. And then I listened to another really cool podcast. This podcast is called 10% Happier. And it's by, I had never heard of it. It's by this, I looked into it a little bit more. There was this like ABC or NBC, I don't know, news anchor who had a panic attack on live air, like eight years ago or something. And that like sent him into this tailspin. I think he wrote a book. So maybe some of you guys are hearing this and being like, yeah, we all know who that is. But anyways, he had an episode about patience on this podcast. It's basically a meditation podcast. It like teaches you how to meditate, trying to become 10% happier, I guess. That's the whole point. And he had two researchers. One stuck out to me as a researcher from Baylor. And they did research that shows that being more patient pushes you to make better decisions in all of our aspects of life. And so I love that because they're trying to push back. They have no like spiritual relevance in their research, but they're kind of saying, they were saying at the beginning, we're recognizing this is a really bad thing, a bad trend that's happening in the social sciences because people are almost like pushing patients away, but that's causing people to make not only like have rushed lives, but make like really rushed decisions, not be like thought provoking people because it's just like, get it out there you wait for no one, make your decision, make your choice. Oh, if I don't have time for you, if you're not keeping up with me, then you're left behind. And I'm like, wow, this is really relevant to today's world. Oh, yeah. It's insane to me. I have so many thoughts as you like say all those things, because I think we can all imagine and think about just the times that we have like no patience. And even I mean, I'm convicted as I say this because like I am the parent that's like, come on, hum, hurry, oh, hurry. Too. Come on, get in the car. We got to go. I blah, always blah, blah. go. We are and in I'm a like, rush. We yes, are in and a I'm rush. I'm like, how annoying would that be? And like, but like we grew up also in the culture. I mean, talk about millennials like we were the ones that like we had to have a full schedule all the time it was like go 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 it was achievement based it was all these things when actually you read the bible how people lived in biblical times and how jesus lived himself was so slow so slow so thoughtful so kind and deep and rich and kind of everything we do now in our lifestyle is like complete opposite of that it's true honestly i think 
what I was kind of picking apart in my brain when I was thinking how we're going to talk through like the big things like waiting on God in the season, maybe for me specifically in adoption, waiting for a child, or if you're waiting on an infertility for like a positive pregnancy test, or if you're a single girl waiting for a boyfriend or a marriage or whatever it looks like in your life, waiting for that next job opportunity. I think we have to really set our hearts to be waiting well for those really big things. And then I think all the little things, the standing in line, the traffic, the kids, those are our opportunities to like practice where our heart is or to honestly like reveal where our heart is in the level of patience. So it's like, those are the times that we can reveal how well we're waiting in general in life. And I don't know if that's like resonates with anyone, but I I think that is a good indicator. Like when my spirit is in a slow, restful place, I tend to be more patient in those little things. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's just like jump right into it because in those little things, it's almost like it reminds me of, you know, when you're happy, when your circumstances are good versus when you're like, you won't be happy if your circumstances are bad, if you can't find happiness when they're good. And so in those ways, when I am rushed with my children or, yeah, I texted Samantha and I was like, I'm practicing patience right now because I literally waited 35 minutes for coffee. And I was like, genuinely, though, like, why am I so bothered? Like, why am I so nitpicky at my kids right now of how fast they're putting on their shoes? It's like, because ultimately, I'm finding my like hope and total security and fulfillment right there is like in the control of the situation where I'm like, that's so pointless. Like, it does not matter. And so therefore, like, I can't expect anything different in big waiting if, you know, we're waiting for, yeah, like a child or waiting for you know, like a job opportunity or waiting for this relationship with my family to be healed. Like, I'm not going to wait well if I can't even wait well in these like really small things too. Again, from that podcast with the researchers. So this is not like a Christian definition, but I actually think it would be the same if we, when we look at scripture and we'll read some scripture, but they define patience as the ability to be calm in the face of something uncertain or scary. And I really, really liked that definition because if you think about it, it one more time for everyone. It's the ability to be calm in the face of something uncertain or scary. I think that actually goes along with scripture that God tells us that you are to be be patient and be with me no matter what you're facing. Like no matter what circumstances, like I'm calling you to wait on me. And I'm not calling you to wait in a season of like stress or overwhelm or worry. And then again, I'm like really talking about this podcast. Everyone should go listen to it. They go into this really, really deep conversation about then how worry plays into patience because thinking about like waiting on a test result or like waiting on that broken family relationships, your mind tends to then go to this like over over worry situation when that's actually opposite of how God's asking us to view it. Yeah. So obviously in the Bible, there are tons of examples of how people wait well. And one of them, I wanted to just read Isaiah 40, 31, because I thought it was a really beautiful picture of like, so what does waiting on the Lord look like? If we are called into patience, if we are called into waiting well, what does that look like? And what does the Bible promise us in waiting? And so Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And I just love that because if you guys ever do like inductive studying of the Bible, it's really like breaking Bible verses down into like all of the things and characters of God. And I love that because even just in this one verse, we get three different promises of what waiting on the Lord looks like. It looks like renewed strength who doesn't want to feel renewed in their strength, who doesn't want to say, oh, wow, like, I feel really weak, but like, God renews me. And then it says, we are not weary. And I'm like, well, yeah, no one likes to feel weary. 
And in the Lord, we get the promise of not feeling weary because it's not up to us that he sustains, he fulfills. And then the last ones are mount on wings like eagles. We all get this beautiful image of what that looks like, that we have the opportunity to like be with Christ and do amazing things because he is in us, he is with us. And so just in this one verse, I was like in awe of like, wow, what a beautiful picture of what the promises of God look like when we wait on him. I love that. And another verse I really liked, again, a lot of these verses that we kind of found about waiting and patience, it's like they're kind of those like more hero scriptures you hear a lot in the Bible. And it is so important to really meditate and think about what they mean for us so that they can become more real and applicable to our lives. Okay, so Romans 8.24 says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we will wait for it with patience. And I love that because to me, that's pointing to the ultimate thing we're waiting for and have hope for, which is heaven and being reunited with Jesus and something way more than we could ever like want to wait for on this earth. But you take that major hope and then that trickles down into the way that we can view anything we're waiting for and say like, yeah, a lot of times when we're waiting, the hardest part about the wait is that we don't know when or exactly what that ending is going to look like. We have an idea of what we want it to in our head, a very clear idea of exactly the timing, of exactly how it should work out. But I think that's the hardest part of waiting because you just don't know. You have to be open-handed and just say, okay, here I am. What we do with that, though, is we try to grasp at all these other little things. And that's where the worrying comes in and the controlling and the like basically freaking out in moments of waiting. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think so. Like circling that back around to why do we find it hard to wait? Why do we find it hard to actually just sit and like not know the ending? Even if, as you said, that was like, yeah, I would ideally like to know all of the ends. Like, you know, we're all like, well, we can wait because I know that like, well, in nine months, I mean, it's as simple as like when you were little and it's like, I remember having a birthday and I'm like, well, I can wait because my birthday's in eight months and four days. Like it's as simple as that because I know the end. I find comfort in that. But what ultimately it's hard is like when we don't know the ending of the story, we actually don't have resolution. But actually, that's kind of the life we're called to in relationship with Jesus. We don't know when that's coming, but we can wait and hope because of the promises of his word and by knowing what the Bible says about those things. And so I think that's the amazing picture of like we get the opportunity to wait well because we do have promises and we can ultimately trust his character. And so I think that's what's challenging to me when I think about that I don't wait patiently. I don't wait well. Well, what am I doubting about God's character that like ultimately I need to trust and I need to believe because like ultimately it comes back down to doubt. And that's really convicting and challenging for me. I was thinking about that whole idea of waiting. Well, well, it's kind of harder to find that. And what does that actually look like? And I was going back to with these fruit of the spirit, what part is active and what part is passive in my doing? So we've already established a lot over each episode that none of these things are things that you can really, I mean, I think there's ways you can work on like a more worldly patient of like, I can try to do things to help me be more patient with my kids. But you know, it's funny the days I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be more patient today. Or usually five seconds later, I'm like losing it. But why does it always work that way also? Because I think we try to do it ourselves <laughs> yep. and not depend on God or abide in him. Then my heart is growing and wanting to be more Correct calm answer. and yes. patient. Sunday school answer right there. But all that to say, I was thinking about 
Waiting well to me means that it is this completely passive, like abiding in God and that hoping for the future and trusting in his character. What I can do while I'm waiting well, though, is actively preparing my heart for whatever it is in store. And so I love that picture of like, I'm training, I'm training, I'm training. I don't know what my battle is going to be, but I'm like training for whatever he's calling me into. And so that means like, you know, calling me into studying scripture deeper, to abiding in him, time with him, prayer, to being in my community. Like that's not a time when we're waiting to pull back and isolate. That's a time to push into, okay, I'm walking through this. I'm in a season of waiting. I don't know what the ending is going to look like, but I want to be prepared for it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so interesting, like with this fruit specifically, I was challenged to say, like, why are we surprised about needing to be patient? Because I think I'm Immediately when we started studying patience, I went to like Abraham and Sarah and, you know, they are waiting years and years and years, 40 years for a son. And God has promised Abraham, like, I will complete my family through your blood, like your line will be my people. And he's like, we have no children. What do you mean? And he this whole time is like, no, like, wait on me, wait on me, wait on me. I mean, Sarah's old. Sarah's like a really old, like 90. I mean, she's something. gone through menopause. That's yes. for dang so sure. Like, so she's laughing. You know, there's this scene in the Bible where she's like literally laughing. And God's like, why are you laughing? Why are you doubting me? And she's like, because nothing is stacking up against what you're saying is true. But Abraham is saying like, no, we have to remember all of these promises he has fulfilled. And we have to like cling to that he is true and he is trustworthy and he is king. And we know that. So therefore, I can wait. Even if like all circumstances stack against nothing seeming like it could. That's hilarious. The whole idea that like, oh, nothing's stacking up against or yeah, like that's what we feel like in waiting that nothing's stacking up against what we think God's trying to tell us is going to come true. Mm -hmm. We're like, but I don't see that. I don't feel it. You're not giving me any glimpse of hope in this. Mm -hmm. And we just like in waiting, we like try to do so much. Like we just try to grasp at the control. We try to manipulate the situation to at least like buy ourselves some time and make ourselves feel better for a second. Like we truly do. Like if something's not happening in our lives, I think what we do is then like, okay, if it's a diagnosis or a health thing, it's like, well, what appointment can I make? What like supplements can I start shoving down my throat? What opinion can I take? What other doctor can I see? Or if it's in a season of of not getting what we want. It's like, well, how can I then be bettering myself? Or maybe I'm not searching for that man hard enough. Or I don't know. We just like really take control. And you know what I think? I think in the Christian community, we don't probably, well, I can speak for myself. I think myself as a fellow Christian alongside my other Christian friends, I don't often point my friends back to waiting well. I don't often say, you know what? I can hear that you're really anxious about that. I go to that. I said like, you know, like if it's a parent, a hard parenting thing or if it's infertility or if it's a hard friendship or whatever, I'm like, have you tried this? Have you right. tried this? Have you done this? Blah, blah, blah. But instead of just saying, hey, I think we should stop right now and pray. Yeah. I think we should actually like, I want to be a friend that encourages other people around me because I want the same for me. I want someone to say, let me call you into waiting well yeah. because we don't have the answers. Maybe we have good ideas and God's given us brain to have wisdom and like what to do. But like ultimately, we have to wait and we have to challenge ourselves and others. Hey, let's like stop and pray about that because it's like hard for me to do that when I want to like do, do, do all the time. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Going back to that poem, though, that I was talking about at the beginning, I've been really reflecting on it a lot because I, over the last few years, have felt this. Actually, since my daughter was a newborn, I have felt this like pressing of almost like this whisper from God, like, just slow down, just slow down, just slow down. And 
Christian and I have this conversation all the time because we both tend to be really big doers and like to achieve and like to fill our schedules. And I obviously don't think that's wrong, but I have just felt this like calling to just like rest and just take the time. And I, a few years ago, really practiced this. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but where I listed out like, okay, here are the five priorities in our life this year and in this season and anything else that comes my way. I'm going to say no to because not because they're bad things or not because I don't really want to do them, but because here's what I've dictated as my priority. And what happened then in that season is it created space in my days and in my life to jump into the last minute for a hangout or to take that longer phone call from a family member that wanted to vent or chat. And I think I'm kind of back in that season. I decided not to go back to my part-time job at our church. You guys know that. And I I just feel like I'm wanting to create space in my schedule. I used to have every single day where I feel like it was one thing to the next hour by hour. And I almost laugh at that mentality of like how quick we are to just be like, well, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And it's like, I really think some days like that are going to happen. We live in a fallen world. But I am really trying to have more days that are unlike that than not. Because did I say that right? More days that are, yeah, different than that than not. because. I think we miss out on these opportunities to like just slowly wait outside for the carpool, picking my daughter up and like running around in the grass and having a sweet moment versus like rushing out the door and throwing her in the car or that I get to like pick up a phone call from my husband when he calls me in the middle of the day instead of being like, yeah, what do you need? Like, gotta go. I'm running into this. And like, I'm able to say, how was your day? Oh, you had like a hard conversation. Like, how are you feeling about that? Whereas we just miss out on so many of those moments. And so I'm trying to be better about just well, enjoying. That's what I want to highlight what you said there, though, if people missed it, because like the reason we want to live unrushed lives is so that we can more readily be available for what God presents to us in daily life. Because like you and I have talked about it, there were seasons where I would want to get with a friend and I would say like, OK, two weeks out, I'm booking two weeks out. Like I literally was like a salon. I mean, not because I like have all these friends. I'm like, it's because I literally was like, oh, I filled my schedule. And so we really can't hang out for two weeks. And I have been recently convicted in specifically my parenting, but just in life, thinking through like, what is my purpose? Like if the point is to become more Christ-like and if the point is in my Christ-likeness to like reflect Jesus and how I treat and interact with other people, well, then it looks like I have to be like praising him and thinking about him all day long. And how do I do that? Well, like specifically, it came down to my parenting of like, I need to be in awe of Jesus like every moment of my day. I need to be reflecting that to my children. And the reality is, is like the number of times I'm like, oh, I was too lazy or I was too busy to say that. Or I was like too lazy to do that because I'm so tired from how busy I was. Like that is a real thing. And I'm like, no, why? Why am I not able to share with my kids like how beautiful that new fall tree is? Isn't that so cool that we get to like stand in awe? I mean, going back to that poem, like we get to stand in awe of like that green tree is now red. Isn't that so cool? And that's how God made it. And like, because we can we're talk rushing them that. onto the night. We're like, yeah. get in the car, we're in hurry. And I'm like, no, if the point is to reflect Jesus to others, why am I not taking more time to talk about him? And like the same thing, I love what you said about your husband, because I'm like, how quickly do we just like in a conversation, we're like, oh, I'm so sorry, you're having a bad day. Instead of saying like, oh, is there anything I can do for you in that? Or like, should we stop and pray? Like, about that situation or like that you would have wisdom in that. But we're just like, eh, no, too busy. And then we think yeah. at the end of the day, we're going to be like, oh, that was a good day. But it's like, no, we didn't talk or think about Jesus at all yeah. in our time because we were so busy and packing our schedule. And we're exerting all of our energy on the things that we think are going to make us feel good. But yeah, we're ending the day feeling weary and worn out and burnt out. And I even, I was thinking about that in my time with people, you know, even like 
we kind of stack up like hanging out with this friend. Then I got to run to this coffee or whatever. And I just don't feel like I'm often so present and listening. And I truly think that would be one of the best gifts we could give our kids, our spouses, our friends, if we could truly sit across from them and not have our mind on the next thing. But when we cram our schedule so tightly, we're thinking about, okay, I have 45 minutes with you because I need to leave by this time to get to this place. And so just creating space in our day to allow God to work in that and just to give people that gift. Because we live in a society where you don't get someone's listening ear super attentively. Our phones are sitting there. Your kids are crying. You're rushing to the next thing. So to give people the gift of like, I'm going to genuinely slow, even like in the way I talk sometimes, I'm like, I'm going to slow down my speed and I'm going to talk more quietly and like listen really well to what Mm -hmm. you're saying to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've obviously just like scratched the surface on what we could talk about with patients. And I just I don't want this like conversation to end without even mentioning like, so then how do we interact with others and how do we show patients when someone else maybe you know, we can't give them or we're having a hard time giving them the benefit of the doubt of just waiting on them. Maybe if that's a lesson that someone's learning and you're just like, I'm going to give them patience and time to like learn that, or I want to grow in that way. And I want, I think Christians should be people who give benefit of the doubt to people and say, no, I want you to have patience to like work through that. And so quickly we want other people to like learn what we're learning or have the agenda that we have. And they're like, that's just not how it works. And so I think this is like something that we can grow in personally, but also grow with others and how we interact with them too. I want to mention, we've mentioned it before on this podcast, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is a really good book. Took me back to that unrushed poem you wrote because he talks, one of the most simple things he talks about is stopping at stop signs fully and just an easy way to practice not being hurried. And so it has a lot of good practicals, but it's a really, really amazing book. So we'll make sure to tag that too. And again, we've just scratched the surface, but yeah, it's good. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you.